1st. It's the end of 2022. Thank you to all the people who watch and listen to the podcast. It's been a fantastic year and it will continue to be so. I let the other guys have the day off because they were nice enough to do last Friday, which was, I believe, Christmas Eve or the day before. And so I decided to get Gaming Addict on, who's always been a person who's been super open to having me come on the podcast. He's come on ours. And I thought this would be great to just sit back and talk about whatever really came into our minds. So again, thank you to everybody. Also, I'd appreciate it if you guys check out the Patreon this year. It is absolutely devastating how much YouTube has attacked creators. You guys have seen this probably in the last couple of days with some other huge creators also getting totally demonetized. So if you get a chance, check it out in the description. I promise you, you won't regret it. We have an amazing Discord. We have really cool sit-down chats almost every single day now. We'd love to see you there. Let's begin. Once again, thank you to Lord Attic for sitting down with me and talking about games throughout this two hours. So I was like, I bet you all these listings is is Rise Center Row Two, <laughs> and you really you think that's going to be a thing? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I I do think that the last times I've heard this, right, I was less, you know, believe that it could be possible. But the fact that Cryotech is knowingly putting Rise images on their hiring listings, and, and it's it's like I said, they could have easily put a a, a crisis image on that and it would have been the same thing but they chose i think his name was marcus from from the original ones i can't remember yeah. what his name was it's like to me it's like if it isn't in development you know maybe whoever did that artwork should have been like you know maybe or do we really want to put rise right. on this knowing we ain't done nothing with this ip in like eight years like yeah, so people know what we're talking about. Um, Rise, Son of Rome was one of the original Xbox games. I think it was going to be a 360 Connect game at one time, or an Xbox Connect game. And uh, it came out. I did a review for it, if you guys want to see it. I enjoyed it. Um, it. It didn't have the deepest combat, but today even it still looks incredible. Like, graphically, that game is ahead of its time. And it's always sort of... Yeah, way ahead. And it's always sort of been that title where I think a lot of people felt that it could have, like, if a sequel had come out, it, 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 they could have fixed some of the stuff. And I will tell you, the story is awesome in that game. I love the story. It's actually one of my favorite stories in a hack-and-slash-style game like that. So, yeah, um, and just so people know, I just wanted to point out, just so people know, their job, they, they posted a job listing, and they put him on the job listing, which caused a lot of people to wonder what that meant. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't like to to do the you know comparison that like Xbox needs this to compete with PlayStation's that but I've always felt like a very nurtured rise could be something of a similar effect to something like God of War on Xbox and and you know I think that was the biggest that was the biggest issue of Xbox is I felt like there wasn't enough nurturing of IPs and they it's like equivalent of going an entire generation without taking because right. i feel like every generation for every platform they've always took something to the next generation that's why like a lot of people call them flagship titles they've always established one flagship every generation and right. i feel like they didn't really do that in the xbox one um no i would uh, yeah i mean microsoft has just had issues and mm -hmm. we don't know where they'd be if they you know, had done an in, in, uh, Halo Infinite in the proper timeline, the proper speed, that kind of stuff. We just, I mean, the thing is, is they've released banger games like the Forzas and Gears and all this kind of stuff, but they've really had an odd timeline for things. And 
They've done incredibly well with Game Pass. They've sold insanely well. But everybody wonders how they would be, you know, if they if they did have some of these uh, unique titles. I will say this. Whenever I talk to people who are PlayStation fans or Nintendo fans, and they're like, well, I want to see first parties. And so I list off all the first parties because they have a bunch of games, whether it be Microsoft Flight Sim or something like that. And then what I found out about two years ago, I realized this. That whenever I hear people say they don't have games, they don't mean they don't have games because you can list games. What they mean is they don't have a direct competitor to whatever game that fan wants. And so that allows them to say they don't have games. And a lot of times it's a God of War or it's like that third person adventure Spider-Man Uncharted thing. And because they do have a ton of games. In fact, they annihilate Sony when it comes to like racing games. It's not even, I mean, Gran Turismo is popular, but Forza is not only popular, it's also prolific. It's also on the PC and on the consoles. So, but I, people will pretend that doesn't exist. And it's really <clears throat> usually just those third person games that what they're talking about. Rise could do that. What were you going to say? Yeah. And me and Cog, we always go back and forth on Cog calls it just one, you know, uh, and I don't mind them getting into that third party but i'm just like they already have them they got the hellblaze that's third person action adventure they got yeah years that's third person action adventure compulsions working on a third person action adventure so it's just like it's not a matter of lacking them it's just they want newer stuff you know what i'm saying and i get it you know you're, you're gonna get if, if you want to truly appeal to a lot of the playstation fans they love that type of game do it i actually feel like perfect dart should be a third person you know kind of a hitman third person thing i get it you know i don't really have that connection with the old perfect darts so i can right. easily say yo change it because i don't care uh but you know I, I get it it's 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 a really really iffy area and i do feel like they'll get it right uh, well I and it's also like best to remember they have had those games quantum dark uh quantum break recore They've hit them. They just haven't done as well. And so what happens is you get into this descending conversation where every point gets neutered by somebody who says they don't have games. And you're like, no, they do. They have this. Oh, well, that's not what I meant. I meant this. What and actually is they have a shit ton of games. They just don't have an Uncharted, which is what people want or it's what so it's what some fans want. Some fans are completely fine. In fact, most people I know, they don't even think of those things. They think of Sony for that and they think of Switch for Zelda. And they have no issue separating those. But for some fans, it's like the point that they want to push. And I actually felt like ReCore, like getting a sequel, really focusing on its strengths and fixing you know, it, strengthening its weaknesses. I feel like that could have been a very good game for them, you know, because I felt like the that game did a lot of things wrong, but it had some of the most unique platforming I've seen in, in, in that type of space. And it's just like, I honestly do feel like that and Rise was the most best structured foundations that was in the Xbox One generation. And it's a shame that those IPs never got the 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 sequel. Because well, I mean, look sequel, at Quantum Break, man. That that thing, that's, that was Remedy, dude. I'm not a big fan of Remedy games. <laughs> but it, 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 I'm not a big fan of like Uncharted being on Xbox either. Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily, I'm also not a fan of ReCore, but what I'm saying is they have, they have tried, it just hasn't oh, worked. Oh yeah, 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 and that's why I always tell Cog, it's like, you know, I think they went that direction and it wasn't doing the greatest. Uh, I'm for them continually trying, but I think, look, like, 
they lock up the RPG machine. It's just like, you know, you might not have the best third person action adventure games, but you could beat your competition in other areas. You know, like you were saying, racing with with Forza, you know, if they get the the Outer Worlds 2 unlocked, the Elder Scrolls 6, um, Starfield, you get some of the best Western RPGs on the market. You know, you you, you can identify your system as something else. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Moving on from Xbox stuff, um, mm-hmm. talking about the uh, the holidays, which have been dead as fuck. I was I was sort of like sitting there yesterday, looking at like the last couple last couple months, and a couple games just didn't hit for me. And so I went into this December with like nothing that I really wanted to play that was new, because I thought I was gonna like Midnight Suns. I thought I was going to like, um, what were some of the other big ones? We, we had two or three big Callisto games. Callisto Protocol. Callisto Protocol. And maybe I didn't think I was going to replay that, but I thought there'd be some discussion around it. And instead, the discussion is just how trash it is or how much somebody loves it. There's no real nuanced discussion because I think it does have <clears throat> issues. And so that usually causes a splitting of the fan base. Um, it was sort of sad, man. I went in, I, I started playing, I'm playing Batman Origins. Uh, we've got a gaming group of six people who are all playing it side by side, which is awesome. So, like, everybody's streaming it to each other and playing it, which is, like, one of those communal things we do, which is very cool. But there hasn't been a great deal I've been enjoying. Have you been playing anything new, or you just been, like, what have you been diving I've been, into? I've been playing a lot of Tactics Ogre Reborn. Um, I, I generally drift towards those type of games. I never played it, like, the 80th re times they've done it again so Mm -hmm. this is like the first time really jumping into it and i've really been enjoying it um i do think that when it comes to like in the vein of like tactics i think a lot of things are done better in tactics but i can't lie i went into this acg like okay you know this this game's definitely an old concept but like breaking down how the story branches work i'm like okay you know i can see why people like this game i I can see why people like this game as far as like cholesterol protocol i did drop midnight suns and callisto i dropped both of them uh i I wasn't really feeling midnight suns at all i try i really try cognito loves it but i i i tried so hard and it just it wasn't it wasn't doing it for me but i will say callisto is i i dropped that because i felt like a lot of like core mechanics was the issue and it seemed like they went back and they improved what they can uh as yeah. far as you know some of the issues of the game is just the foundation um i i do enjoy that the fact that they went back and like you know made it to where your healing is quicker you know switching uh the animations are quicker so i i do like that they are attempting but i first impressions are a lot and it is yeah. uh, you know i said when i was tweeting and and i said on on ilp i was like look i'm not saying to go out and buy this game but i'm saying that if you are bored and you are willing to take a gamble you know i do think that studios like this that are trying something new and i think and part of me i don't know acg like part of me including myself may have been like I wanted something like dead space in cholesterol protocol, like subconsciously. So like, it's hard for me to like separate that with me in particular. I do feel like some people are being a little too harsh on it because it's not dead space. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not a big dead space. I'm not a big dead space fan. I think it's a good game. That's it. 
not a great game. I think it's uh, storytelling chops are good, really good. Um, I think Callisto Protocol is not a very good game. I think it's not a very good game mechanically. It's not sound, and and then in you know the gameplay wise, uh, it like I said, it's not sound. But then the tech wasn't sound, and you know they can tweet and say it was a damn clerical error all they want. But the problem is, is if it was, you have two ways to go: incompetence or you knew. So incompetence means you allowed for the stuttering issue to get out, and you didn't even check. Or you didn't, you don't even know how to like, or you knew and you let it go anyway. There isn't, there isn't really, I mean, it's the major driver of the game is your, is your FPS and your smooth gameplay. And they couldn't get that part right. Admittedly, they patched it, but they also patched something that was one of their pre, pre-release drivers, which was animations. And they patched it so you can skip them. They patched them so they were faster. And what I see is a game company that doesn't know what they want to do. So yeah. if you want to just force it and say, this is the way we're telling our story, that's one thing. But remember that they're selling you DLC coming up soon. There's going to have more animations. So what they're trying to say is we're going to sell you DLC based purely on animations, which by the way, that's what they said. They said, we knew, we know you want more animations. By the way, this was pre-release to the game. So I don't know who they were talking to, but they said that everybody told them they wanted more animations, so they decided to do a DLC. And now they found out that people want them to patch out the animations or allow you to skip them. So that's a sales point that seems very odd now. It's just, it's a game that, yeah, it's got a lot of newcomer missteps, but how many times are we going to say they're a new company when they say and put, you know, the major creator's name who's yeah, made multiple games? There. And I just, I don't think you can fight it from both ways. I, at some point, you just have to say, it didn't work. And I'm okay with that. See, that's another thing. I don't like Callisto Protocol. But, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if they said Callisto Protocol 2 is coming out, I'd be like, okay. The thing is, is that people get way too hung up on that. For example, Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns sold terribly. So the idea of that getting a sequel is probably zero. Unless I'm they okay with that. Unless they get fronted. <laughs> okay. But I'm also not okay with it because I would like to see a good Midnight Suns. That's, I would like to see a sequel. I would like to see a good Midnight Suns. They have a tremendous amount of work because the repetitiveness, the poor performance, they had all these issues, but I would love to see a sequel because then the people who liked it most likely would get a better game in the sequel. And the mm -hmm. people who had issues such as myself would get Midnight Suns one the way they wanted. So I bitch all the time and I, I'm really harsh on, on things, but I got to tell you right away, man, I'm harsh it's just like a student when you're training them. They're going to fuck up. I've had students fail black belt katas that should never have failed it. Never. You're just like, dude, what happened? And they're like, my brain went away. Like, and this is multiple people's brains going away. They release a game. But we, I, don't hate the, I don't hate the student. I'm like, tomorrow, show up. Let's do it again. I think all game developers need that too. I've see, dude, I've seen people want game developers taken apart. Like, like, like destroyed. I mean, you'll see it on Twitter sometimes. People are like, those guys need to all be fired. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I, I've never stood on that. Do you think that maybe some of these developers get tunnel vision during the process yes. and they just overlook the little things that's going to hurt their game? Absolutely. And they get sold on something. Glenn was sold on animations and you could tell because he was doing 30, 40 minute videos on YouTube channels that were these big tech channels about the animation and the lighting 
And it's like, great if the lighting's good, but we need to talk about your game. And you could tell. You could just, by the way, this is not me. Just go look online. You can see pre-release what was being talked about. And you could tell that if it worked, it was going to be great. And if it didn't, we were going to be able to go back and look and say your focus wasn't where it should have been. For example, why he was doing that, I mean, I'm not going to say this is rude to say, so I want to make sure people know I'm sort of joking. But in the time that he was doing these videos about lighting, he could have been verifying that that clerical error wasn't going to happen. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that that's true, but you get my drift. At some point, you're like, all right, what are we doing here? For example, I'll, let's let's jump to a different game. So did you see that they announced Idris Elba for the Cyberpunk expansion? Yes, I saw something about Cyberpunk. I didn't let me, see it. Let me tell you how much that bothers me, because Idris Elba is not the problem with Cyberpunk. That money that's going to a multi-million dollar star, I would much rather see go into the game. And the same thing happened with Keanu Reeves. I love him. And I think he did a great job in Cyberpunk for the little bit that he was there and the one-liners and all that stuff. But they got focused on a completely different thing. They got focused on Keanu Reeves. They got focused on, let's have Johnny Silverhand yak in, in the background. And it's like, dude, you have tremendous issues with your game. Let's put that money there. I don't think a superstar is needed for cyberpunk. I don't. Yeah, I do I not think, think that. I think that's an issue in the industry, too. Like, they, movie they stars? try so hard to, to have these movie stars sell their games instead of them selling their games. Yeah, and I mean, not to be rude, but there's not very many movie star games that do well. I, there really isn't. I mean, if you go and look at all these ones that supposedly have a superstar in them, most of them do not do well. The ones that do well are the people who have the tried and true shit down, and they get a game that people want to play and return to play. You know, That's another thing. If you return to play a game that's a single-player linear game, that game must be fucking good. Because yeah, it's a linear actually... solo play. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's and those aren't movie stars usually in those games. What were you going to say? Come to think of it, like in terms of like DLC in general, there's very few times I come back to a game. Like yeah, DLC is a tough times. sell, right? I think it's like a tough sell. Bethesda games. I've went back. I've mm -hmm. went back for some Bioware games, but mm -hmm. Me besides too. those, I I don't no. And I went back for XCOM games. I, I oh, War of the Chosen, back. bro. Yeah. XCOM is War of the Chosen for me, and that's isn't that like the their their expansion for two. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened with the first one was Evil Within became X Evil Within. Like, um, no, I think you're right. Uh, I returned to Far Cry to review it, and I returned to Assassin's Creed to review it, and I've been lucky because Assassin's Creed had Ragnarok, which was uh, excellent DLC, and Far Cry has had terrible DLC. Far Cry has been painful to return to there. I've never seen a company be able to deliver such excellent DLC on one team and terrible on the other. Far Cry's DLC is some of the worst DLC, some of the worst quality and performing and rated DLC I've ever seen. And then you go to Assassin's Creed and you have Atlantis, one of the highest rated DLCs of all time. You have Jack the Ripper, Tyrant of George or uh, George Washington and the Tyrant. Um all of these amazing even even Ragnarok is is really good DLC. And I've always found that interesting that these two teams can that one team can't nail it. It's like I if I were them I'd be I, I if I was on the Far Cry team I'd be calling up the Assassin's Creed team and being like can you come over and tell us like how the fuck we nail this because DLC is hard it's hard to get right and it's hard to have a person return to it they just yeah, it, it's hard yeah and plus I I would assume that Ubisoft would be a little bit more 
frugal with like money and stuff with Assassin's Creed because I'm sure they make a lot more money on Assassin's Creed. One point five billion on Valhalla. Yeah, and Valhalla, I dropped it. Uh, Most people did. Yeah, I I need to go back to it. I really do. Uh, I've really enjoyed Odyssey. That's the one that I really Mm, got. mm, Brofist. That game is the jam, man. What do you think it was about Odyssey that got you? Because I didn't like the characters as much as Valhalla, but man, that game world was sweet. It felt more alive on mm-hmm. the little bit I did play Odyssey. Like, I don't know. And, and, and I didn't play a lot of Valhalla, maybe about five, six hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I probably only like literally took like that little piece of the toast off. That little like, you know, sliver, you yeah. Crust. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's just like when I was playing Odyssey, it just sunk it in. So much bigger. The world felt so much more yeah. expansive. I felt like I'm 30, 40 hours in the game, and I'm still unlocking stuff about the front about the game. Like it, it was, it was. I would still put Assassin's Creed two over it, but that's definitely like running up for two. Dude, that's three. saying something to hear somebody con- compare two to one of the new ones because you know most of the time you have the t- the you either like the new ones or you like the old ones. You know, usually you don't see people compare them. Personally, I will say that um, I thought Origins was fine and better once it was patched. Uh, Odyssey was great and better once it was patched. Valhalla is much better after the patch. And what's funny about Valhalla is the amount of shit I got in that review, man. Because I was like, wait for a sale. It's buggy. It's not. It's got all these kind of problems. And I had so many people who got it and were two hours in and they were like, this is amazing. And I was like, just wait. I had to play 40, 60 hours. Come back to me when you played more. And they came back and they were like, oh, yep, you're right. It's pretty repetitive. But what they've done well is they patched it, added a bunch of stuff in, fixed some of the leveling. And Valhalla is quite enjoyable now. My walking the walk was probably the most enjoyable for Origins. I never did one for Odyssey, but I did one for Origins. I did one for Valhalla. And I would say I might have enjoyed the Valhalla one more. They did a lot of shit for, they did a lot of stuff behind the scenes that was really spectacular. It reminds me of Legion, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, a game that has enough issues. A lot of people haven't visited it, but if you do, there is a ton of stuff that's been done in that game. I, I can't remember if I beat that or not. Legions, like, I remember I played, a, it's the one where you keep changing the main character, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm wanting to say I beat it, but I can't remember. I liked, I did enjoy what I played of it, but I did feel like the story was like a shell because they, they had you focus on so many individual people, not just a couple. Dude, I'm telling you though, <clears throat> addict men, when you get your dumpy secretary who has no skills and she's taken out super spies, there's nothing better. That organic storytelling, like I have a 78 year old magician right now, so she can hypnotize, hypnotize people. She also takes boxing classes. So she has these two weird skills and I've taken down so many bad guys with her and she can't even run. She doesn't have the ability. She's too old. So all she can do is waddle, cast a spell to mesmerize bad guys. And she's a, she's a, like an amateur boxer. So she's got like one, one move. And I got to tell you, dude, I have, she's my favorite protagonist, I think in a game ever because she's mine. She's no one else's. You wouldn't have her. You might have a character with the same stats and stuff, you know, if you get enough iterations. But I've done stuff with her. The organic storytelling I've done with her is amazing. Like, I can tell you all these stories about hacking shit and flying in as this old lady and taking out, you know, super guards and shit with, like, her her magic spells and just being like, dude, that's 
That's what I like about the uh, watchdogs in particular. One, two, and three is their organic story. One and two had better storytelling because it was based around one person, I think. But um, I, I Legion is good. Did you do one and two? Did you do one and two for watchdogs? I, I skipped two, but I beat one. Uh, beat I one. really like. I liked Aiden. He was a good. And I, if, if I remember correctly, there's a DLC in Legion with Aiden, is there? Bro, there's a DLC in Legion with four player zombies having taken over the entire world. Oh my god! Okay, dude, maybe the I need to go back. the DLC. I've been playing the crap out of Legion in the last couple of weeks because it's on. Uh, it's also on GeForce now, and I have a G deck, a Logitech G deck uh, wireless device, and I've been playing in bed for like six or seven hours a night, like just up till three in the morning, just running around in that game because you can crank all the ray tracing up. They patch the ray tracing so it's much better. You can crank all the graphics up and just play your way through you can join up with friends and take on zombies and you're consistently trying to grab resources to take them to your bases as the zombie apocalypse happens and what's cool is it's taken the people from your game world and turned them into zombies so they still you can still search them and find out like used to be a bartender now a zombie you know that kind of stuff what are we gonna say do you because i see a lot of people like feeling like the ubisoft formula is like wearing thin on them and they're not enjoying their games as much like i get that but part of me is like but almost every time the new the the sequel is outselling the predecessor yeah so it's just like the minority might not care but clearly en enough people still love far cry because i enjoyed far cry 6 uh i actually enjoyed that game. oh did you yeah the yeah, cuba and, one uh, yeah, a, a lot of people still enjoy Assassin's Creed. Now, I do appreciate what they're doing with Assassin's Creed. I just don't consider these new ones Assassin's Creed. Like, I consider them RPGs that live off the Assassin's Creed name, if that makes sense. Uh, but they're still good for what they what they do. I still enjoy playing them. I really loved Odyssey. Um, I would probably, if I were to write the Assassin's Creed, it would probably be two, four, then Odyssey. Because I really enjoyed four black flag. I think that's what they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I, I do think there is a such thing as fatigue and and something. But Ubisoft has done a decent job at making every game unique to the other game. Like it, like sure the the foundation still has like a little bit of a copy and paste from all their games. But I feel like they do change them up between the watchdogs the the far cries uh, and the assassins creeds i do feel like there is difference between them yeah i mean i i think the big problem is is the old grognards of gaming the people who've been here for 20 years forget that people are consistently fucking and so therefore babies come forward and start playing games and um i've talked to multiple patrons of mine where the first game they've ever played was odyssey or the first game they've ever played was Valhalla. And so they love them. Now, do do they copy between games too much? Yeah. Um, their icons look too uh, alike. Their HUD, The Division, I love The Division. I think The Division 2 somehow is a better game than 1, even though I don't like the world as much. But it's smoother. It flows well. Division 2 is one of my favorite shooters of all time. Group shoot. I mean, it's, it is slick as fuck. Problem is... It's got all of the Ubisoft tropes, including an unresponsive HUD. And that's one of the things the Ubisoft games are known for, soft HUDs, where you hit that HUD and you wait. It's like, whoop, and it pops up. It's like, I want my shit instant. Ubisoft doesn't do that. Ubisoft copies the color schemes, the icons. But remember, Valhalla went to world events. 
Valhalla changed a bunch up by doing world events versus the the mission structure that you saw in the other games. You know, one thing that you could say, you could say all you want, you know, about EA, Activision, Ubisoft. When it comes to all of them, if I really wanted to like invest into one of their to any of these publishers' IPs, I would feel more comfortable investing into a Ubisoft IP because. I know oh, by they're going to they're going to support that franchise. Yeah. Yeah. For Honored has been around forever. The Crew 2, you couldn't even create crews in the Crew 2 when it came out. That's the name of the game and you couldn't even do it. That's how bad the game was on launch and it's still around. The um Extinction wasn't bad either. The Rogue Spear game or the Rogue uh, the uh Rainbow Six game, it wasn't great, but it was it was an enjoyable game. It was their own thing. They do their own things. For Honor looked like it was going to be a failure. For Honor was like, what is this? And it's still kicking and it's doing incredibly well. So yeah, I would agree. I would I would put money into them. I would also say that if you're like me and you play God of War 2018 and God of War Ragnarok, the same copy-paste situation exists there too. Mm-hmm. And in, in a weird way, I noticed it much more in Ragnarok than I maybe would have. Maybe it's because I'm accustomed to Ubisoft games doing it. But when I played Ragnarok, I was like, whoa, this does feel like, you know, like god of war 1.5 and i loved it but i still was like there's a lot of copy paste that's gone on here um it's gonna happen with any company that also does a sequel we're gonna see it forbidden west i heard people uh complain about forbidden west because they had done horizon zero dawn they had done frozen land frozen wilds and then they jumped to forbidden west and they were like oh this feels the same so we'll have to see if spider-man does it right because remember, Miles Morales got a ton of crap because it was a shorter game. It cost less, but it was a shorter game that felt just like Spider-Man. And I liked it. I liked Miles. I think I like Miles, Miles Morales is a fun game, but you can't tell me it's not an exa- It's just Spider-Man. I mean, it really is just Spider-Man with a couple things changed. In Spider-Man 2, they're going to run into the same stuff. You're going to start seeing people say, you need to change it up. And sometimes I look at it and go, do they? Or, or do you just need to broaden your horizons? Like... Spider-Man hasn't horrendously changed in the years of comic books. He's not flying around with a cape. He hasn't transformed. So I don't know if we're expecting the games to. What were you going to say? Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, me and Saul got into a discussion once over that. I'm so like, that everybody knows is another he, Iron Lords. Yeah. He he wants, he he's not a big fan of Gears. And he's like, they're going to have to change up Gears for me to play it. And I'm like, okay. Change what do you, up what Gears? Do you want? Yeah, and I'm like, so he goes to all the stuff that he would like for it to be changed. I'm like, but that doesn't sound like Gears. Like, in that case, they should just make a new IP and not use Gears right. as I uh, name. And, and I feel like part of me, ACG, does understand that sometimes games need to change things up. Like, I, I would use, I call it like the God of War effect now, like where it's like, because they were so successful at bringing their IP into the newer yeah. era, everyone else wants to capitalize some way, shape, or form on that. Of course, and then right. you and then you got like the Final Fantasy era that I felt like they were better before they changed their formats. Okay, uh, so you know th- that's why I keep my mouth shut on stuff like that because I live through like I used to be a huge Final Fantasy fan, and now. I look at where they are compared to where they used to be to me. And I'm like, fans complain. Cause like at that point, I didn't say much. I was like, you know, I was given the benefit of the doubt and that money rolled up with 13 and now they ain't never going back to turn base. Yeah, right. I see. Yeah. It is what it is. 
It is, and also I think it's okay to say, hey, Gears isn't for me now if, if you want Gears to change. It may, you may have to look at Outriders, um, or you may have to look at Destiny, which is what he does. I think, Saul, is Saul as into Destiny as you guys? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, you, not at all. Not at all. So I'd have to look at what games he wants. I, you, I almost always understand where he's coming from, but I think sometimes we have to make the hard choice of saying that something is not for you anymore but it's still doing well on its own. It's just not for you anymore. So for example, Assassin's Creed, going back to it for a moment, I love Syndicate beyond all belief. Syndicate is, Syndicate is mind-numbingly my favorite Assassin's Creed game. By It's such a dramatic jump that I can't even describe to you how much I like other Assassin's Creed because it's the highest. However, as somebody who plays Assassin's Creed Syndicate quite often and plays the new ones, I would disagree with you personally on saying that they play dramatically different because they they do in some senses. But I got to also admit that there's enough similarities that I personally don't see them as like dramatic. Like I get the RPG part in the open world that it, it is true. But the Assassin's Creed games were always getting bigger. Rogue, which I like better than Black Flag because it's a more tight bite sized. It's the Miles Morales of Assassin's Creed's. And it really is. Rogue is only like 14 to 18 hours. You can extend it if you want, uh, where Black Flag is like, what, 40, 60? Like Black Flag is a massive game, right? Isn't Black Flag probably a 40 or 60-hour game? You could probably get that if you killed all the legendary ships and and, know, and, and traveled. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think sometimes we just have to walk away, man. Sometimes we just have to walk away and say, that sucks. Like, for you, Final Fantasy may not be it, but there's probably something square does that's close to it that you might like i, I really enjoyed the triangle strategy franchise. right um, yeah i remember you saying that yeah 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 so, there's so i that. mean i still will dabble with final fantasy it's just no longer like the top rpg did, did to you me. feel like, the same way about infinite infinite halo and infinite because i, I felt, felt that like, way about i felt like Halo infinite was a good middle ground because like i do mm-hmm. realize that you have to bring the franchise forward, but yeah. I felt like Final Fantasy did it so drastically. And, and like you go like look at what they did with Dragon Quest. Like you can have that style that's in that's in Final Fantasy, or you could change it to classic mode and have your traditional turn base. And, and that's what I play Dragon Quest then through the entire game. And, and you know, I, I get it, you know, but I, I do like the remakes i feel like that is a decent middle ground they have like the strategic mode i feel like that's a good middle ground for the classic final fantasy fans uh it's funny because some games are glow-ups you know where the game looks graphically better and everything but you're like it's still got the core whatever and then some games are you know seeing your cousin after a couple family reunions have gone by and they've suddenly sprouted they're 18 they're six foot two they don't sound like they used to. They don't act like they used to. And you have to come to grips with the new with the new cousin, you know, the new the the new different person you used to love. And you have to be like, "All right, you're different, but I still dig you." I think for these, I just walk away, man. I'm okay with that. I I mean, I love them. I want, you know, I want Alan Wake too. Can't wait. But if it's not what I want, I guess, you know, that's that's just life. That's I I think quality of life uh helps but i also think that does sometimes quality of life adjustments sometimes change the feel of a game too much i've definitely noticed that before 
where you know there was some there was some way a game worked that was a little crunchier, and then you get its remake or its reboot or a sequel that has that quality of life where they're like, hey, you can save anywhere or you can do this, and you're like, oh, that sort of changes, like that sort of that sort of adjusts the core thing that I actually liked about this game. So that can happen as well. It's just yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say, and I think that's the reason I don't really like demand games to change like that because yeah yeah either if, if a game needs to change drastically for me to get into it then it's just not for me right uh, it's like it, it's, it's for that fan base i can yeah. find something else that's for me yeah i think that's with, like a go ahead I was, I was gonna say i like turn-based strategy games like XCOM, uh stuff like that and to me i don't like certain games I can't go around demanding, okay, but I like turn-based. You need to change everything to turn-based. Yeah. Like... yeah. Yeah, you never quite know what they're going to do, too. I think also if you're sitting there demanding it change, demanding it change, then if your only real discussion around something is changing, there should – I'm not saying you shouldn't discuss it, but at some point, why are you? If you're – you know, if you're – and I don't want to saying Solve was doing this. It doesn't sound – you guys were talking about this actively. But I think – um, and he probably is like this as well, where at some point you just disengage because you're like, well, I want it to change so much that, you know, maybe it wouldn't even be a thing anymore. I know with Gears, I felt Gears did a pretty good job with this last one. Technically, I it was amazing. It was technically one of the most proficient games I've seen in a long time, 60 FPS, 4K – uh, it it didn't feel as much like Gears, but that's because they've changed the Gears storyline. I'm a big fan of the original two guys, and I'm one of those guys that just says, let them keep killing bad guys. And, you know, that can't happen with a storyline that continues to move forward. I feel the same way about Halo. I still wish it was just the Flood and the Covenant and no one else. And it was just like, you know, and but they keep adding stuff because they think, you know, they, they want to move it forward. It's just may not be for me as it I does so. I actually feel like 343, uh, uh, well, Coalition's done a better job bringing gears to the light than 343. Because, like, even Absolutely. though Absolutely. their story, it might not be, like, it's an evolution of the, 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 uh, the original trilogy. It still has rooting lore that connects to the original trilogy. Where and Halo seems like, just jumpy to you? Yeah, it, Halo feels like, they do acknowledge that the past ones happened, but they're not. And if you didn't know that the covenant was the covenant, like you were right. Even, I don't even think they say their names anymore. Yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. Do you do you find Gears storyline interesting in five? Mm -hmm. I went back and because um, I, I think I didn't play the second one because uh, Gears came out in a time mm. where I wasn't really like playing a lot of that type of stuff um but i did play four and five and it made me go back and at least find out what the original ones were doing you know what i'm saying yeah for sure and i actually enjoyed the the, the fifth one because i felt like they did a good job keeping me interested in what's going on like a lot of people don't like kate as a character i liked kate as a character i felt like you know her you know the the issue she was having where it, if you're if you're kate you're seeing like the a different screen than the other like i felt yeah. like mechanics like that they need to they should have enhanced more kind of like dead space three and the good times that dead space had on three where literally one character was seeing something completely different for like whole sections of that game yeah uh, they should have like did a little bit more on that than uh they did in in, in gears five 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these move forward. I didn't realize I had some patron questions. I'm going to hit these real quick. Um, Kasiri says, one thing you're happy you've done this year, and what's something big, small, medium, family size that you'd like to achieve next year? Wish you all the best. So what's one thing you're happy you've done this year? Uh, that's Maintained a relationship, because uh, usually... That's not something I'm very good at. Because <laughs> Lord Attic can't be held down. He can't be glued down yeah. to any one woman. But it's happened. He's found well, his soulmate. I, I think it's mainly, like, I have a lot of, like, tendencies that I demand, like, communication and stuff. And I will literally just cut cut threads if, if I don't yeah. feel like the other person's being communicated with me. So, you know, it was nice to actually find someone that actually will communicate with me. And I think... I'm going to, I've always put a little bit of time into like YouTube, but I've never like sat down and really grinded, grinded on YouTube. I've grinded, but I've not did it to the point where I feel like I could get like serious results. I've always focused more on like the podcasting scene. Uh, But I think this year I'm going to, I'm I'm going to really pick up that. Like I really, uh, I've been spending a lot more time on stuff. I think, it's it's a when you're like a smaller content creator, like them numbers hit you hard. Like they hit you hard. Like you sit there, spend spend hours on something, and then you see like really, really bad results, and it just mentally drains you where you're like it, 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 where you're like, I don't want to do it. And I think that would probably be like the biggest drawback and the biggest mental barrier it is to making content on YouTube or anything for that matter. I think the two biggest things is putting aside the fact that those numbers aren't going to be good until they're good. And I think the biggest barrier in any content creation is learning how to talk to no one without a response back. <laughs> um, For me, it's funny. You were talking about how you handle relationships. Cause I'm definitely like that. I'll give people a chance or a, a couple chances, but I'm definitely a, um, I understand people's lives are all different. But if I feel like I'm outputting, 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 and I'm not getting anything back, after a while, emotionally, mentally, my brain literally shuts off. That person like becomes this weird blank. And I don't know if that's like a, a, a energy sparing device or what, but I definitely do the same thing. I just cu- I cut. Um, for me, this year, I would say I'm happiest by keeping a fairly tremendously large Discord slash Patreon for a reviewer. Um, I think there's only, I think, I think Jim Sterling, who's a reviewer has the next or has the biggest dis, a, a patron. I think I'm next. And I've always been really proud of the number of people we retain out of 3000 total patrons. We banned three from our discord in our entire lives. We've had an awesome discord, we've had an awesome patron. So I would say, I'm just happy that I started in 2015 and it's the same people. The same people on my podcast are the same people who started the patron. Like yeah. after now five, six, seven years, it's the same people. And I still enjoy talking to them. So I would say that's my good one for this year. And next year, what do I want to do? I don't really ever put a plan on a year, man. Um, I'd like to see YouTube do better. I fought YouTube and I lost. And I found that out recently. I didn't realize that if you fight them, you do mark your channel. And I did. And I'm facing the repercussions of that. And we'll see if it takes a year to get out of it or what. Um, I thought I would be able to have a better status quo plan, but it fell apart uh, with the adult monetization stuff that just recently happened in the last six or seven months. Um, 
which set me back probably five years, I would say. I would say I do about the same views monetization as I did five years ago, six years ago. So almost at the starting of the channel, which sucks. It's but crazy, man. Yeah, I shouldn't have fought it. See, I, just, I don't know if you saw it. You posted that guy to me, right? And then I went and read his stuff, and I was like, that's interesting because not only does that back up what I was told finally elsewhere, but also, did you see my post about they're requiring you to talk to your YouTube manager? And if you don't, they remove you from the YouTube manager program. So when they start contacting you and say, hey, you have a YouTube manager, um, would you like to talk? You have to talk. And I got that in an email yesterday. It stated very clearly, you absolutely have to talk to us or it will remove your ability to be in the YouTube manager program later. And I was like, what the, f they're just straight up threatening people now. It's nuts. And I fought them. I used the anti-copyright thing because I was like, this is certainly not a cuss word. They said it was. I was like, no, it's not. It's not a cuss word. And when I fought them multiple times, they look at your channel and they demonetized a ton of my long-term videos. And then they mark you as inaccurate on new ones. So when I was talking to them, I was like, you marked me, you marked 2016 videos as being adult. You've let them go for seven years. Now you've marked them as adult. But now when I upload, it says my upload accuracy is low. But it's not. Those were from six, seven years ago doesn't matter so now they don't go we've checked they don't go to subscribers the way they're supposed to i think the last time went it stated the last time of eight hundred thousand subscribers it went to 2.8 thousand so 2.8 thousand people got my notification and it's supposed to be around i think i have about 55 or sorry i think i have around two hundred and fifty thousand people with notifications on so yeah. that goes to show you what they do they just lock the, you down that's why i hope that what what's that website called that just started kick? coming up everywhere kick no, no rumble rumble yeah rumble's called. been around a it, long time man i just i want someone to come up and to like, make google be like you know we got to take this seriously because the way they treat like unless you're like they're one 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 percenters so that, that they make and they make like crazy amounts of money for. Yeah. yeah I, I just I feel like they 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 just don't do right by the content creators like and, and I get it it's a business and they feel like and it's where huge go? and they're using AI where are you gonna go yeah those all that stuff yeah it's, it's sad, sad man. man yeah it's sad it's uh uh you know and no crybaby part from me like I'm just gonna keep making videos I've got three in the in the pan already filmed and and you know I'll put them up whenever I feel like they might go up but what what sucks Lord is if you think they hit you when you're small, they hit, I got to tell you, these hit way worse than when I was small. Low numbers hit way worse. So watch out. Because if you think it's going to go away, it doesn't. The stress, yeah, when, you, when, when you upload a video and you expect it to do well, and you're like, nobody's, like, the notifications aren't going out. And I go into Discord, and I'm like, has anybody been told about this video? No, 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 no. You're not even appearing in the top 10, because that's the new thing they do. They remove you from the search results. So if your video's doing well and it's just doing well on its own, they can still remove you from the search results. So I had my Discord go and check. And I was like, everybody go to a private browser, search this review. Am I in there? Because technically my numbers and engagement rate, I should be number one. And they're like, you're not even in the top 40. You're not there. The only way to find you is to search for your name and this review. Yeah, they, they ain't doing right, man. They need they, to improve that. They ain't. Um, that's a good question though, Casarius, and we'll just keep plugging away. Maybe Addict and I'll do some some something together. Fatal Baptiste says, 
Uh, what did your Steam replay show you? Are you surprised by how much of your time was spent in certain genres or individual games? Do you foresee trying different things? Well, I can tell you right now, I have no clue. I didn't look at Steam's replay, didn't look at PlayStation's, didn't look, I don't know if Xbox did one. I do not care to look. I just have no, it doesn't even interest me. Just like achievements don't interest me. So did you look up yours, Addict? Yes. Um, actually, what do we got? I'm looking at it right now. So Seven Days to Die, I played 21%. I don't play that game. That's my brother. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Throws his brother under the bus. Yeah, straight up under the bus. And I'm going to back up after I, yeah, I run him up. I hate that fucking game. But anyway, continue. Yeah. And then I play Tactics Ogre Reborn 20%, which is funny because my brother plays an absurd amount of Seven Days to Die. And I've matched the numbers You're matched in him like in three weeks. Over. Awesome. And I played I played Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. You could tell I don't play Steam a lot because I didn't play that game on Steam like that much. And I played Symphony of the War and Demia. Yeah, you guys do a lot of that with VR. I see a lot of little well, random posts. I play Demio on, on Steam. I don't play it on VR. Oh, well, it's still going to come up, though, on Steam. It'll come oh. up as either VR or normal. It'll still show up. Yeah. I, in fact, I don't know if it shows up as different, but it'll still show up. Yeah, um, sorry, Fatal. I don't look. Um, I can tell you right now, just thought process what I played the most. Probably Homefront the Revolution 2. Most likely. I played Homefront this year three <clears throat> times, beat it three times, got everybody in Discord to buy it, got all of them to play it. So I would say that's probably highest in an MMO, I'm sure. Some MMO out there. And then I had like an absurd. Uh, on Xbox, my most played game was Elden Ring. So Yeah. Oh, I, scratch that. Yeah, I would assume mine is Valhalla or Elden Ring because of the walk in the walks for sure. Um, and then Moldy Muffins, who I think is new. I haven't seen your username. If you're not new, I apologize. I just haven't seen it. He says, what's your favorite gaming snack and drink? Mine were 50 count pizza rolls or two for one tacos from Jack in the Box. Hidden, hidden cheat code in life, guys. Tacos at Jack in the Box. They I don't, don't Jack in the Box. This is the strangest thing. So, Lord, I was hearing about this 15 years ago. All my friends would be like, have you tried Jack in the Box tacos? It makes no sense. It's a, it's a hamburger place, but their tacos are good. And I'm like, whatever. That doesn't even make sense. I don't even like tacos. They're lazy burritos. They're burritos that can't even wrap all the way up. <laughs> Fuck them. But I did. I went there with my wife now. One of our first times hanging out, I was like, let's go to Jack in the Box, get a burger, because I was like burgers. And I was like, I'll get these tacos. Fuck, they're good. They have no right to be that good. They're like, they're like a 15 on a 1 to 10 scale. It doesn't even make... I don't know if it's because they cook them in the hamburger meat or what but if anybody's listening and you haven't tried jack-in-the-box tacos man you missed out on life so what are your what are your snacks do you have a snack i actually like apple slices i don't know what God i'm damn, trying with the health look at that well see it's not always been that way like i'm really trying because i'm getting up there in age and you know I metabolism some, is yeah I, i've had some friends you know pass away over yeah. health issues and yeah. you know the i had a friend that passed away not too long ago and like one of the last things he said to me is like you know because i was talking about you know trying to take health more seriously he's like man he's like you better do it then and not when i'm my, you're my age because when you're right. my age you can't do it the way you can do it then uh so you know that, that kind of like i'm trying to find little things to replace the stuff that i would 
do like i have like some weird obsession with baja blast i'm trying to break that like <laughs> that's the only soda i actually drink these days um i'm trying to like drink more water you know stay better hydrated and it's just it's it's been a struggle man it's been a struggle i think that's probably the the biggest thing that i am determined to do is just to get like eat apple slices you know because i'm a huge fruit person i like fruit it's you know uh i used to be a produce manager i used to cut fruit for a living all the time so um you know buy me a bunch of apples and you know i'm I'm gonna buy something to put them on and i'm I'm gonna do it man uh but back in the day i I liked like jelly filled donuts i i I would eat some of that um i'm not a big fan of doritos i i didn't like the the dorito thing unless i'm like eating it with like some form of uh like sandwich maybe taco salad or something like that yeah yeah oh, I, I would eat right. it for that i would eat it for that uh, um but i, I th- go ahead yeah i think that's that's the biggest thing i would do is like form of chips you know maybe a honey bun something yeah, honey bun old-fashioned donuts used to be my thing so um i'm still running just as much still working out just as much your metabolism does get hit um i'm on testosterone therapy because i had cancer and um so that really hasn't helped as much because i'm not doing super heavy weights because i hurt i I hurt myself after you get a surgery but my old days would be half gallon of ice cream and old-fashioned donuts crumpled up onto it no lie so we'd be playing gears of war and i would just have a fucking just chawing it down then i'd go running then we'd play Gears of War. Then I would go running again. So I was burning it all the time. Like I was just churning it. Uh, this year, my best friend, one of my best friends, Randy, passed away. Same age as me. He was always a big guy. Um, had COPD. Had a ton of different issues with his weight. And um, it hasn't really changed my idea of what I need to do. Because I've always been somebody who likes to be active and loves to do stupid shit. But it has caused me to realize people i mean i've always known people can stroke out for no reason and that's what he did he just died like the lights just turned off there wasn't any one overlaying thing it was just like one day i was talking to somebody and they emailed me and said hey he, he died and that did sort of remind me that despite anything we may do to burn off the excess calories anything we may do if we're drinking pop which i drink a ton of doesn't mean one day you're not just gonna go out so I, I do try to watch myself a little bit more than I did, but yeah, I think my biggest thing is I just need to be more active, like better cardio in general, just, you know, get my body operating, like instead of, cause apparently like I, I, between like when I used to work and stuff, I would sit down a lot and I have to get my mind out of that mentality, especially during the summer and sitting's comfortable. I got to tell you guys uh, a couple <laughs> days ago, a couple days ago, I was working out. And it was leg day, which is 2,000 kicks per leg. So I get done with leg day, and I'm I'm wasted, which is good. I'm always wasted. But I sat down, and I got to tell you guys, the endorphins from sitting down, the comfort from sitting down, it was like a throne of mankind. I sat down, and it was the most comforting feeling that has ever come over me. It was, it was, it was better than sex, man. I sat down, and I was just like, oh, this feels so good. And that's the, that's the, that's the problem sitting down feels good and it's so bad for you it's so bad for you like sitting down for long periods of time is so bad and we do it as youtubers like you have to you have to get up and move around you have to pay somebody uh if you want to pay uh i've told people you know sometimes risk is what is the motivator so sometimes you got to pay a a personal trainer you got to pay or i have friend a friend who comes over and goes for walks uh we we only do like an hour and a half but it's still a walk it's still getting out for an hour and a half 
and we just rain or shine it doesn't matter we go well we have to in the pacific northwest because it's almost always raining but you just go out and you got to do it and it's rough but yeah for my snacks i would say it used to be ice cream old-fashioned donuts pop tarts i'm a big pop tart fan i'm also a fan of stuff and then i i lose all interest so i'll eat a bunch of pop tarts and be like i'm done uncrustables you ever had those crustables Mm -mm. they're a fro all they are is the world's worst peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you whipped white bread with peanut butter and jelly inside so good I actually like I like fruit like candy too, like Starburst and stuff. Oh, like Starburst that. are yeah. dangerous. They're so good. I fruit Jolly wise, Ranchers, I'm a great fan. I had fan. an obsession with those for a few years. Jolly I fucked Ranchers. up one of my teeth with a Jolly Rancher because I was eating them so much, and during stressful times, I would press it against my gum and didn't realize it. And I got you can actually get like that impacted. And I had to go in, and he told me the dentist told me that the number one food for injuring your teeth is Doritos. He said Doritos oh, like sideways. They break like a triangle. Yeah, he told me. I went in. I'm like, dude, my my tooth hurts. And he's like, oh, you're impacted. Have you been eating candy? And I said, well, yeah, it's funny. I eat Jolly Ranchers when I get stressed or when I get martial when I'm doing martial arts. Sometimes I'll have one in and I'll press it hard against my like with my tongue. And he's like, don't worry as long as it's not Doritos. And then he told me every surgery he does, man, every surgery he does, he finds old Doritos in somebody's gums. Like every time he said, or it'll cut them. Because he'll he'll chat they'll chat wrong. Good question there. Uh, what was that? Moldy muffins. Thank you very much for the question. Um, and while we're doing that, I'm also going to look on my Patreon because I ask people ask questions, and this is what I do a lot of times for our for our advertiser break. We don't have an advertisement advertisement as usual, but I will tell you go check out Iron Lords. They do their podcast every single Sunday. They do about four or five hours. Ours is now yeah. unfortunately just as long. But they do, uh, <laughs> they do, I don't know, maybe I've picked up a bad habit. Uh, we've tried to cut ours down. It is a bad habit. And instead it's, it's gotten longer. It's a bad habit. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been awesome to be on their podcast. They're probably some of the coolest, not probably, they are some of the coolest people um, that I've ever had the pleasure of going on a podcast on. It's just, uh, they're, uh, they're awesome, funny. We get, you know, I've I've not gotten huge knockdown drag arguments, but I've watched a couple where they do, and they're just like us in the pot. This is why I feel like kindred spirits, because no matter how, you know, there'll be some stupid argument we get in on the podcast, and then it goes away six seconds later. And I see sometimes Addict or Cog will be like, hey, man, people need to understand, you know, Cog and I got in an argument. It means nothing. Like, it's just, it was about a game. It was it, com- it comes and goes, and that's the cool thing about their podcast is it's almost always jokey, and when it's not, it's still jokey. It's it's a great podcast to watch. Sundays at what time? Yeah, one p.m. One uh, p.m. Right now we're on break for the New Year's. So we'll be back on the eighth of January. Eighth of January. Yeah. So if you guys get a chance, you know, check out that podcast. It's great. That advertisement is done. Didn't have any questions on Patreon, so let's go to the next subject matter I want to talk about, which is 2023. So, games. Everywhere. Fucking everywhere. 2023 stacked. It's scary stacked. It kind of reminds me of this year's February all year. All year. (laughs) Dude. So, my question is... Not if you can pick out one that you're really interested in. Is there any that in 2023, though, is not a part of an established process and series or is not a uh, not like a known name that you have 
put on your list? So not the Starfields, not the, you know, uh, Forspokens. Is there something in 2023 that you're just sort of, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Almost anything from Focus Home is mine. But Focus Home has a couple that I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of. Is there anything in 2020? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you right now for January. Do you know the one that's high on my list is SpongeBob? I think Sp I'm not a huge SpongeBob fan, but they've changed the core. They've they've removed three protagonists, got it down to just SpongeBob, and really cored in on the platformer part. And I'm super excited. Their art's on point. I like platformers if they're done right. If they're done right, and it looks like this one's been done right. So that's a game that I didn't expect to look forward to. Is there any for you? Uh, I'm a little interested in Liza P. See, see oh, how right. that's gonna work. That Flintlock, I kind of want to try yeah, that out. Very too. much so. Yeah. Oh, Flintlock yeah, looks like it could be awesome. It could be jank. I really liked Ash. Ashen or you I liked Ashen? What... Yeah, the game with the yeah. co-op. Yeah. The kind of co-op. I didn't want to really say it. Go... Yeah, they didn't really go into huge detail how that worked until the game came out. <laughs> that, by the way, I don't know if you know that was my the, that was my thing when I started the channel was Ashen. When I started the channel, the first interview I did was with Derek Bradley. Uh, I've done four with him so far, and uh, it was all about Ashen. It was all about the creation of it. So each podcast, about once every half a year, we'd have him on and talk about Ashen and got to know all those guys. Um, it didn't turn out the way I think everybody wanted, but you know. That sort of game development. And I think right at the end, if you remember, they were going to do Game Pass and then it switched. And it like it was coming out in one way. And I remember they switched like less than a month early because the, the publisher ch changed and they changed the way it went out. And I think a lot of people got burned. And then the, the, the co-op. Questionable. Yeah, I felt like they should have been more transparent with that. I, think I that was I, the biggest thing. I, I believe so. And I got to tell you, as somebody who's interviewed, Brad, uh, uh, you know, uh, interviewed Derek so many times, I think it wasn't them. You know, a lot of times I'm not the person who always defends developers. I, uh, you know, people, shit people can exist in any plane of life. But I got to admit, having been so open all those years prior, it feels to me it was much more about the publisher than it was about the developer on that particular issue. It felt like things switched, you know, too quickly for them. So 2023, there's that. Um, there's one piece odyssey. Do you see that coming yeah, out? I, I'm not, I've never see, watched the one piece anime, like to the mm -hmm. degree. I feel like, um, I, I hit them up. Uh, they, 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 they seem like might get one because I, well, the reason I want to review that game is because I feel like I can give it a perspective of someone that doesn't watch one piece. Yeah. And does the game if, work for you as a person who doesn't watch it? Yeah, so right. uh, you know, you talk to Bandai. I'll, let's talk after the podcast too, and okay. I can talk to you about the context of Bandai. But yeah, so I, and plus, it's a turn-based game. It kind of gives me like Dragon Quest vibes, and I think that's a good vibe to be given. Uh, so I, I, I'm excited, but I'm excited. I think it's in January, isn't it? Yeah, it's in January. Yeah, that's the thing is, whenever I say let's talk about 2023, every single month is 2023. Like it, it's it's crazy. It, it's it's nuts and it's super positive for gaming. Um, it's going to be hard for people to elevate if you don't deliver your A game. Let's let's talk about the title I'm talking about without saying the name. But for spoken, oh, for spoken. If these guys don't nail it, they're going to be. You're not even going to remember the game the next week. And that's the way I think all of these third person action games are going to fare in 2023. 
I have a feeling in 2023 you're going to see a lot of these big titles. Flintlock, uh, uh, I, I think Banishers comes out next year, uh, 2024. But all of these games that are trying to hit that spot, if they don't hit it, they're go- it's just the game's just going to disappear. We won't even talk about it. It's just going to evaporate. Are you looking up more titles? Uh, yeah. Let me see here. I, I remember what was video game releasing in 23 the you know what i maybe you know because i don't know i would love some kind of like add-on or something where it updates my calendar on all these release dates oh, i'm like sure my google calendar or something i can't find anything like that that exists releases.com releases.com they do movies games music everything and i believe you can assign them i believe you can have it go to your google cal yeah i would love to just look up bring up my tablet okay this is coming out this is coming out um i'm really i'm really excited about octopath travelers too i feel like that that's a smaller title and you're a big fan of number one right yeah i really like one and i know it was like a like an up in the air game to a lot of people like people yeah. with like a hit and miss um i would say atomic heart looks pretty good something i'm willing to try out uh yeah forespoken you 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 hit the nail on the coffin there man you know i gotta i gotta give them props for releasing a demo on that game because mm-hmm. i feel like at every t- turn they've been getting a lot of like Black. negative feedback from yeah that. and the fact that they're like even though we've been getting all this negative feedback, we're going to give you this demo. <laughs> like, and I think the demo, I got. I, I know a lot of people were like, oh my God, the demo's busy. But remember, you're going to organically learn those skills from the start. They jumped you right into the middle of a demo, a vertical slice that was busy as hell. Apparently, and they didn't really explain much either. They didn't. They didn't. But, you know, I covered that in my January games video that I'm going to release in the next couple days. And I, I was saying that, you know, I think organically you're going to be able to pick up those skills. It'll look less busy because you'll be accustomed to it. So I wouldn't worry too much. I just think that the name and the protagonist and and the way it's set up could really hit wrong. And I got to say, one of the reasons why is because it sounds like a 60-year-old writing a Vampire Diaries episode in the in the discuss, in the the talking. It's bad. I mean, it's like, imagine a grandpa trying to act hip. That's how bad the writing is. It is and, and they're horrendous. Young. They're young, too. So that, Are that, the writers young? You no, mean? I'm talking about... Oh, the characters. Like, the characters No, exactly. Young. The character tries to be hip, but I mean, it's like hip... I would expect them to drop the word rad or something like that, like, wrong, you know, tubing. I mean, it's bad. Like, it is some of the worst cringy dialogue I've heard in a long time. And that's because here's a problem I mentioned in another. I'd like to know if you agree with this. But the reason why modern writing does not work is because human slang changes about once every three months. Let me give you an example. When I was younger, we said hot. And then it turned to lit, fire, scorching hot smoke show all those mean the same thing and so if i say hot now if i said that's hot somebody would be able to immediately identify me as somebody who was using words from two three years ago four six eight years ago the problem with writing modern slang is it cannot be modern by the time the game releases because they wrote it four years ago so the slang that they wrote and they had people record is slang from four years ago the reason why I know this is because I drop current jokes in my podcasts and in my disc or in my reviews. And I've joked about Justin Bieber or something, or I've joked about Stephen Hawking, who's dead. 
And in one of my reviews, I'm talking about Stephen Hawking's going to roll out there in his wheelchair. And a lot of people are like, well, that didn't age well as a joke because he's dead. You cannot write modern well in a current game. It doesn't work. You have to come up with your own slang. You have to come up with your own stuff that that, that is more ageless. Do you feel like that's something the high on life was able to do good? Was like because they didn't take themselves seriously, they was able to make decent dialogue? Yes, and because high on life's meta is meta. So they can get away with teasing being out of time. They're not mm -hmm. being serious. Forspoken's serious. Forspoken is as serious as you can possibly imagine, even when they joke. High in life is Justin just going, blah, 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 and it works. And he's meta on purpose. He's always been that. So you just look at it and you're like, it is what it is. It's It, it does work. It, it, and it will work over time, too, until people get tired of his comedy, yeah. which does happen, you know, does happen. The sad part is it takes like I feel like movies are a little bit more exempt and TV shows, especially because, you know, they can make a season and, and, right. and a quick amount of time. Movies takes a little bit longer, but it's still not as long as a game. Like sometimes you could be making a game for four years. And I Six, feel like that's why. Eight. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's why. They stick to time frames like yeah. God of War stick to, you know, except for. Except for Except some of the slang Odin. in that. Odin, Odin. with his, hit my exes. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't make sense. But it, it didn't, but it was Richard who, that's the way he is. Like, if they, Odin's act, do you know who the actor is? Richard mm -hmm. Schiff. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. His mannerisms is Odin. It's his, they're real life mannerisms. All, like when he pokes Thor's drink and like nods to it and then looks and then finally grabs it to check if there's alcohol in it. That is actually how he acts in real life. So it worked for me, even though those words didn't make sense at times. Like when he's yeah. dropping the X's and you're like, what? You know, I think he's one of the scenarios where he kind of didn't place right in that, in that type of energy and that type of immersion that they're doing, but he did it so well. It's like the you main antagonist it. wasn't supposed to be the comedy relief, but somehow he ended up yeah. being the comedy yeah. relief. And the fact that he didn't look, you know, Odin's look different ways in different movies and shows. Well, Richard is not a big guy. He's a scrawny dude. So the fact that they took him as a scrawny, you know, like a goofy guy who had a lot of confidence in his own magical power sold it. And then Ryan, who's one of my favorite actors of all time, he was an Opie in Sons of Anarchy, did Thor. Mm -hmm. And his version of Thor was perfect. It was a completely different, it wasn't a completely different version of Thor. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. It was a, it was God of War's version of Thor, which is multiple other Thors mixed together. And I liked his delivery and his change as the time goes on. And they worked, they worked well together. They worked. And the reason why Odin worked is because he is so frivolous with life and his way of talking is frivolous. So it fit together. You're just like, this guy is timeless. He could he could still exist. He could be a time traveler from today and gone back into that time period. It doesn't matter. It just works overall. It was a phenomenal uh, performance on his part. What do you think about Chris Judge's performance? I thought he did pretty good. Um, I do feel like Thor and Odin like stole the show stole a little the bit. Show for the most part. Yeah. So do uh, I. E even Atreus to a point uh, mm -hmm. w w was doing pretty good. I feel like the first one, uh, no, not first one, man. It gets so weird. 2018. 2018. Kratos was so much the center 
Yeah. All, and it wasn't that he wasn't taken as a center in, in Ragnarok. It's just other people got just as much screen time as him. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? 2018 versus Ragnarok. What's your hot take? 18's better. Me too. And, and I honestly feel like there's just so much bad pacing in that game. In Ragnarok? Like, for, yeah, the, yeah. For some reason, people... <laughs> I, and and there's just like towards the end that like something big happened and then just they never addressed it i know <laughs> and, and i know it's just man. like it just frustrates me because like they left so many holes in the story and then when i'm reading these reviews it's just like where is any of the criticism i get yeah. it like i get it like that's oh i had some what, i don't know if you saw mine mine was uh, i i talked about the uh, poor pacing through a good part of the story discussion in mine because i was just like Go ahead. If you get technical, they kind of sold you the same two hours in both games. Yeah. Like you fight the stranger. I, I feel like the stranger was a better fight than Thor at the beginning of uh, yeah. Ragnarok. I, absolutely. Maybe, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's because it caught me off guard. Like I kind of expected it in the in Ragnarok. But when the stranger first showed up in the first one, he knocked on the door being all loud and obnoxious. Like I didn't expect that, but I kind of expected Thor at that point. Right, and and when the stranger shows up, he's obnoxious in a way that makes you realize he's got confidence for some reason. Like, you're like, dude, this guy, I mean, doesn't look like he's got it. And in a way, Odin repeated that all over again. But then it's almost like the stranger was mixed into two people at the starting of Ragnarok. The stranger became Thor and Odin. <laughs> Thor being the physical part, Odin being the verbal part. And then it just repeated itself with a battle. And you were like, oh, interesting. I think the big problem with 2018 and Ragnarok is the big set pieces aren't there as much as I wanted, especially Ragnarok. Uh, you have some big giants you fight, but I was expecting those giant cataclysmic, multiple main bosses, that giant cataclysm. I just thought that because it was Ragnarok, right? The end of times. I just thought there was going to be a great deal of them. And there were barely any. That was the yeah, only yeah. real action uh, problem I had with the game. The rest and the funny it. is, like, the trump card that they conjure up, it, it's just funny how that goes. Like, it just, I think a lot of it has to do to ACG is, like, it's a lot harder and more expensive to make those in the Absolutely. type of style that they want God of War in. Yeah. And if they would have went towards, like, the older types, they could have done a lot more because it's not, it, it is, I don't know, part of me, I feel like God of War went in the right direction for the modern audience, but at the same time, they sacrificed a lot to get there. Yeah. It's uh, so that people know I loved Ragnarok, so don't get me wrong. I loved it yeah. despite its warts, where I think 2018 had less warts. That's all. Yeah, it's it's like I said with the Game of the Year discussion. I said Elden Ring, my personal Game of the Year, but God of War was good enough where if it got it, I'd understand. Yeah, you know, it, it's a weird time. I would say for achievement, Elden Ring has to get it just for achievement of bringing people into that style of game and making it, a, it shows that you can make a game like that accessible to a, a, a broader audience that are still going to try to strive for success and, and fight your game that kills you quite easily. So Elden Ring did some stuff that was fan just unbelievable, just mind-blowing in how they, how they handled some of their world building and stuff. But I don't think, I didn't, I saw some people arguing about how story was delivered in Elden Ring. Sorry. Like, you can argue what you want, but I, I, I'm not going to buy often that the story was well told in Elden Ring. 
It's just me. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was there, but I don't think it was as well told as a, a good deal. For example, Plague Tale Requiem, nah. Not e they're not even on the same scale to me in story. I think Plague Tale's story delivery was 25 times better than, than Elden Ring's, even though I really liked Elden Ring. And the sad part is I feel like every time I criticize the way From Software does their lore, and like, because I feel like, this is me personally, I feel like, storytelling on the narrative that's in the game and the lore is two different things and i feel like yeah from software does a good job explaining the lore of the universe but they don't do a good job explaining right right here right now what's going on in narrative yeah <clears throat> yeah i guess they just want it to be that thing where everybody's is different and that can work or it can also mean that some people have a horrible ex a horrible experience and they're part, just not getting it part of me feels like they want it that way intentionally because they want people on Twitter discussing it. They want people making YouTube videos of it. They, I feel like they know being that vague and where you have to go out is going to result to more talking on the internet about their games. Well, remember that's how sh that's how <laughs> mass effect three got its ending was by people saying, let's have people talk. Let's kill, let's kill Shepard and see what happens. Let's, the internet has become its own fan, like its own thing. It's it's driven its own. I mean, it's it's distinctly changing games. You know, it's I, and I don't know if it's for the better. In fact, I would say for the most part, it's not. If I was a developer, I wouldn't want to be on Twitter. I'll tell you that much. Can you imagine yeah. being a developer on Twitter? If I Dude. was on Twitter, I wouldn't even like. If I was like a a a a, a, a developer that's like a very influential developer like a Corey Varlog or something like that I would have a, a dummy Twitter account I'm not gonna even lie like no one would know who I am like I ain't having no one tag me I ain't on Twitter I'm, I'm gonna go on and block every gaming conversation known to man I'm gonna block every developer because like I don't want nut it because to me if I was it working in that industry the way they work, I wouldn't want any gaming news being fed to me, like, at all. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we see it also. You saw the stuff just recently with The Last of Us, you know, the movie versus, or the, sh the show versus the game, and people were, mm -hmm. like, um, I, I, it was weird because Troy Baker was like, I actually think that, you know, he's doing a better job than me, and I'd like to go back and a a adjust what I did, and people were giving him shit, and, and I was just sitting there going, like, man... I give him a lot of crap at times, you know, joking, you know, like Troy Baker is Troy Baker is Troy Baker. <laughs> but I got to tell you, what I saw him say doesn't bother me at all because I've heard Troy Baker talk about originally filming that and and trying his hardest to do stuff and having to go back and retry it. Actors do that. So the idea that one actor likes another actor's portrayal, that doesn't bother me at all. And it, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that people had such an issue with that. It's like, dude... He just said, you know, like he's he did a better job than him. And you had game fans who were like, you know, without you, there wouldn't be a, a show. And I'm like, what does that even mean? That has nothing to do with what he said. He never said he wanted to remove what he did. Like, you just have people reacting almost because they want to be funny on Twitter. You know, they want to they want to they want to get them likes. It's pretty unfortunate. But that's where we are with social media. I think it's best that most people don't use it because <laughs> if you do. You got to be really well. Uh, what's the term? You got to be. You got to be well prepared for the shit that's going to come your way. And I mean, it happens as influencers too. Just not nearly as bad.
you know, we're lucky in that way. Um, I want to talk about VR, though. So, PSVR 2. What do you think? As a Demio fan, Demio, Demio. Um, guns to, to VR, I still, I, 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 ever since I got the, the quest, I'm a little bit more of a fan with it, but I do think it's still something that I wouldn't go out of my way to, to do. do. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the moment Demio showed up on PC, my quest has been on my closet. <laughs> so it's just like, they need, I think what, what VR needs is they need more experiences that you have to have their platform for. I'm not saying they don't have any, but I tried Resident Evil 4 on VR. Mm -hmm. And yeah. to me, I didn't like it because it was like, it was cool, but it wasn't something I couldn't see myself doing from beginning to end. Right. I didn't even get through the tutorial in that game. And, and I think that that's the biggest issue I have with it. Cause it's like, they need more stuff that's made for them. Like Demio, I think that was a good game where you pick them up and it's very detailed. Like I felt like that's the issue that the Vita had. It's like, you need to make more games that make sense. Like Nintendo does it really well with games on the go. You need to make more sense. Like, like Monopoly. I feel like that's a good game. Like board games, uh, Dungeons and Dragons would probably be a good one. Like stuff that makes sense to put a VR headset on and play. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'll i say it again. I have my VR right here, and I can touch it right now with my finger, and I still won't put it on sometimes. And I watched a friend come over who wears glasses, and he squinted instead of putting his glasses on. That goes to show you how humans interact with the world. I saw somebody reading something, and their glasses are right here, and they squinted because they were too, not lazy, but it is an encumbrance to put the glasses on. And that uh, exists with VR to an, uh, uh, an unbelievable amount. And they need experiences, but they need big games. So hey, Half-Life came out, right? And people are like, oh my God, Half-Life is awesome. It is. Would it be just as awesome in non-VR? Yes, because they did a great job with that game. But Sony has failed utterly in their release list. They need a kill zone. They need a resistance. They need Drive Club which would be Gran Turismo for them now. They need Drive Club. They need these games. I don't care. I saw Horizons Forbidden West's game. That game locks you in. It doesn't even let you use VR in some places. Like, it's like on the Just rails. Like on rails? In yeah. a lot, yeah. Like, boss battles lock you into this weird circle. Like, it's, it's not what we... It's not what you need to drive it. And Sony... Here's the thing. Everybody talks about Sony's first party, right? Everywhere. Where is it for the VR? And this is the problem with Sony and peripherals. They let them die or live without supporting them and only support them afterwards. This is going to be more expensive than the PlayStation 5. So it's basically 1060 bucks to play a single game. If you can get 5 and 5, if you can get it for 5 and 5, it'll probably be more expensive. And I think that that's their big problem. They need to support it with one of their premier titles. For example, if they said Ratchet and and clank in vr and they had their own vr full game resistance is theirs i think it's theirs it's not theirs but they could get that ip that was known for sony kill zone imagine a new kill zone where the like the entire kill zone game is in vr new kill zone vr kill zone it's going to be your typical vr length so it's or game length it's going to be 8 to 16 hours 100 percent in vr 
that would cause people to jump up. Instead, you have No Man's Sky saying we're doing a free update. No Man's Sky is the Skyrim of VR. They're on everything. No Man's Sky is the whore of Babylon. They'll be on every system. That's fine. I like No Man's Sky, but it doesn't sell me on a $600 headset. That would be ridiculous because there's better headsets still on the PC and you have more power on the PC. So I want I want them to support it day one. That's really what I want. I want them to be like, <laughs> here's a big IP, man, day one, a big IP with new content. And Sony will be, as of yet, we haven't seen a single announcement that that's what they're doing. And that, that sucks. Yeah, it's, it's maybe they don't want to invest like that because that costs, you know, that costs money. And I think, I think Sony wants to do as least as possible and to let like the, these developers that make games for other VRs just port to them. Uh, so, you know, cause Ademio is coming to a uh, PlayStation five VR. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they're looking at stuff like that. It's like, you know, we're going to give you the horizon experience and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's all you get for them for a while. It's just like the Batman experience for the original PSVR. It was a great 15 minutes, 45 minutes. Actually, it was more like 45. Horizon looks to be much better than that, but it still is just Sony doing Sony. And the reason why I bring it up is because this is what people say about Microsoft, their first party support for their system. Well, the first party support for the PSVR is in the same boat. So, I, I mean, they're asking for the cost of a new system. And to me, that means something. If they're asking me 600 bucks for their headset, it needs to be, it, there needs to be a shit ton of stuff on it. And it's wired, which is, an, which is another negative. Wired is a big deal to a lot of people. It doesn't bother me as much, but man, oh man, when I bring it up in our group, like that's all I hear is wired versus wireless. It's all uh, I hear. I'm okay with wired as long as it makes sense why it's wired. Like you mean uh, graphic fidelity yeah, or what do you yeah. know? If, if you can get more horsepower out of it because it's wired, then I'm cool with that. Uh, but it's like, it's like you said, like they're not showing me the games that make me see. Like you're porting Demio from the Oculus. So clearly the, the system could have already ran it, even if it was wireless. Yeah. Yeah. True that. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where, man, I want it to succeed because I love VR. I love it. I played VR yesterday. I love it. Um, At least they're making a second one. PSVR? Yeah, because part of me felt like maybe they would try to uh, to avoid uh, mm. another one. Because they did have a decent attachment rate, considering it's a new uh, brand and they're like their only console. Because I, I they, they were decently successful, considering what the first PlayStation VR. But maybe they're expecting people just to go out and support it. Uh, because they like the original P PS5, PSVR. They might, um, you know, and when they were making it, VR was doing well, and it's not now. VR lost, you know, like $3.9 billion in just three months across all the companies. VR is in dire straits right now, much more dire straits than before. Plus, you have a recession in America, got a recession in the, uh, the UK. You know, you have all these things that are requiring money, and that's a lot of money to foot out. Like 600 bucks is, I mean, dude... If they had an, we were hoping two ninety nine, and even then, I was like, "That's going to be rough because you have the Quest, which can play locked under your PC or or its own games. So it's very difficult to sell something at that cost. And that's a that's a horrendously expensive system. 
And as somebody who has all the headsets, I got to tell you, what I've seen looks good, but it doesn't look $600. You know, it doesn't look like I want to foot 600 bucks for it. They they should have probably took the took the L on the cost to try to make that as cheap as possible. That's what I thought too. Sub- subsidize it. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like they they don't want to ever do that though. Like I, I get it. Ain't nobody company, ain't no company want to want to spend money to sell products. Right. But it's just like, you know, if it's more accessible, you'll sell more software. So you would get that money back on the end, but maybe they, they want that money because they're not sure what the sales are going to be so, so for software. So, yeah. Well, look at quest. They raised the price of their system that and PlayStation has raised the price of the PlayStation everywhere, but America. So it's not like, I mean, it's obvious that everybody knows that right now hardware is expensive, but you got to offer something with it. And it just, Game Pass is offered with Xbox. It's one of the reasons why this Xbox Series S sells so well, because there's Game Pass. PlayStation has those awesome first-party third-person games. But the PSVR has to have a PSVR title. It has to. It has to. And it doesn't. And it just, it stuns me to this day that we have not had a bit. And this is me liking VR, but I'm very disturbed by what appears to be a system going out to be killed. That's at least right now, that's the way it feels. Because I do not hear a lot of excitement about it. Like I hear people are excited about the hardware, but not the games. You know, they're excited to get maybe a VR headset for the first time, but they're wondering where the games are. I so. think that's its own issue in, entirely because I, I I see people do that with Xbox and like the hardware when it gets announced. And excited, but like, you're just like, what yeah. does that mean? Excitement doesn't mean a purchase. You know, it, you it, get closer to that day, right? Did you buy your PlayStation and Xbox day one? I got, I bought, well, I got, I was able to secure an Xbox, but I was going to have to wait like a week for it. I wasn't having that so so I waited out I, I sold that one to my brother for 300 I gave him the deep discount and uh I was I, I waited outside of GameStop for like 12 hours for for another one damn son would you get an S yeah. or an X an X I don't own an S yeah I'm not a big fan of lack of di- or lack of disk drives even though I don't use them very much um I do have an S and I actually use it a lot because I'm doing a lot of cloud streaming to those devices mm-hmm. And I've been doing a lot of console to handheld streaming, which is awesome. Console to handheld is awesome because if you get it, because its latency is nothing close to Xbox's, you know, cloud game latency. So if you have the game running on your local system, you can stream it to your handhelds. And that's friggin' wicked. Like, do you have a handheld device, though? Do you have a, like, a gaming device? Oh, gotcha. I have a Logitech G Deck, and that thing is sweet. What were we going to say? Sorry, I interrupted. I, I, oh no, I do have a switch, so I guess that that's definitely considered one. But you switch. unfortunately can't stream to it, right? I, I, unless you hack it, I don't think you can stream like the Xbox to it. Uh no, they they do have streaming games on yeah, their there, own games. I, yeah, yeah, but I don't really. I'm not. It's not that I'm against streaming. I'm a lot more for it than I used to be. I feel like people are, especially like xCloud, like people are are sleeping on that, and, and I, I think that's going to end up being one of the pillars that help Microsoft get into some of these territories that they're having a hard time getting into. It's just like, I guess to me, I prefer to play the native of experience. Course. Yeah, of course. Always. Always native is best. Um, I think to me it goes native, local streaming, cloud. And um, 
you know, cloud, my cloud turnaround is only 15 milliseconds. Like that's ridiculously low. And so I beat Valhalla using the cloud. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, it, it, it's just awesome to see the technology there and what they're able to do now. Uh, let's see. What else do we got for subjects? I'm being asked. Oh, nope. That was something else. What do you got? Anything capturing your attention the last couple of weeks? Any board games? Any real stuff? Any uh, real life shit? Oh, movies. Let's talk about Avatar. Oh, no, yeah, no Avatar. spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, but yeah, we can that, talk. I, I I do this podcast thing. I know not to spoil stuff. Okay. What <laughs> uh, what what do you got? I liked it. You I liked, liked it. it. It was it was a solid experience. Mm. Me and uh, King, we actually do a podcast now called R and R with the Lords. And it's pretty much like TV, entertainment, anime, movies, and uh, we did a spoiler cast on it uh, on the IOP channel, and I I liked it. Like I did feel like the last like 10, 15 minutes was kind of like winging on me. Yeah, long movie. But when it's when it's a three hour plus movie, and you got me to the last couple minutes before I'm like, uh, when's this gonna end? I, I feel like you you accomplished your goal at that point because there'll be sometimes where I'll walk up and leave. Like, okay, I'm just not into this. And I just leave. Yeah. And, and But they, they had me 88, 90% of that movie. And I think the only reason that I was saying, yo, what when's this ending? Is because I start, I was like, I'm thirsty. I got to use the bathroom. Like, I've been here for three hours. I think that was the only reason. So it, it's a solid experience. I, I'm glad that the, the movie's doing well. I think it's already at a billion. So it's it's good, man. I, I feel... I. I feel like it was definitely worth the wait. Maybe not as long as we waited, but it was worth the experience. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as a popcorn movie, but I'm okay going to the movies for popcorn movies. I don't need it to save my life. I don't need it to change my world. So what I saw, I enjoyed. And it was, you know, I felt the same way about Avatar. I liked the special effects in Avatar 1, too. And I was just like, hey, it's a pretty good movie. You know, doesn't... I mean, it would take a lot for me to say a movie is like the best movie of all time. And it's probably not. Yeah, in the I'm same definitely genre. not there at all. Yeah, I don't even think it was the best movie that came out this year. I, I, I still think it's Spider Man. So, dude, Spider Man was good. Spider Man was good because man, they played up the three Spider Men. So, oh, dude, they did such a good job. There was it was time to see that in a superhero movie, and and they you, nailed it. And I don't think people realize how hard it is to incorporate three individual stories to come together and to accomplish something all in a matter of the time frame that they had with no movies building up to it anymore. Right. So it's not like they've came together before and this is like just another go around. Like they pretty much pulled an Avengers for Spider-Man in one go. Dude. And there, and just the little bits about how each Spider-Man worked and Tobey Maguire's storyline and Andrew Garfield's, they all told their story in that small amount of time where you understood where they were since their last movie. And it also celebrated Andrew Garfield's because, like, I know a lot of people don't I, like those. I have no issue I with them. It. I actually I have found myself gravitating towards liking them a lot more than I used to. Um, so everybody coming together and giving them all fan service, and then the enemies fan service, they brought all the enemies back, and you're just like, are you kidding me? It just everybody they brought back. I, I had known most of them, but I was still like, this is happening on screen. It, like, this is awesome. There, there is a hundred different ways they could have messed that up. There's yeah, hundred yeah. different ways, and, and and what's so good is they didn't drop the ball. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, which is something that I feel a lot of the Marvel movies have. I haven't been a huge fan 
Some of them I've yeah, really phase liked. Phase four has been very lacking. Yeah, yeah, really hit and miss. There's been a couple that I've really enjoyed, and well, maybe not even hit. really misses than hit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else do we got before we wrap this up? Since it's just two of us, there isn't a bunch to. Yeah, so I mean, I think 2023 is going to be really good for games. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I and this is one of those years. Normally, like we go into a, a new year, I'm like, oh, we're just a lot of these games are going to get delayed. Most of these games have already been delayed into 2023. Yeah, right. So I, I think the majority of them are going to hit. Like, I, I don't think a lot of them are getting delayed out of it. I would, obviously, you know, you, you might get a couple, get delayed a couple months, but for the most part, I, I think 2023 is going to be one of the best years of gaming we've had in a long time. I do too. I would say there is one title that I'm nervous about, and that is Hogwarts. Oh, you think it might get, oh, like as far as getting pushed back? No, as far as quality. Yeah. I think quality and what we've They're seen. a little vague on that game. They are, and they had to describe themselves on Twitter, which is all, you always know there's an issue. And by the way, this is just me talking from being in the gaming industry long enough. I can tell you if, if a developer has to go to Twitter and explain why the gameplay looks a certain way, it's just never turned out positive on their side it's always turned out to be a big negative and they had to explain away a bunch of the stuff that happened on the last uh on the last video i want it to be good because i like i like harry potter um i like stories i like the movies so i'm excited for it but what i saw has gotham knights written all over it in the in that you know bland Uh... in a lot of ways and um i had some fun with gotham knights but i could you know i understand uh, and i feel it same way repetitive bland what i saw I mean, dude, they put stamina meters on a broom. Like, they put stamina meters on the your flying animals so you can only fly a certain height before they start getting tired. Like, there were all of these gameplay elements that just didn't make sense other than a gameplay element. And it feels like it's going to be gamified to the point of just... I, I, just I'm, I just feel that that game's going to bounce hard. We'll have to see. I want it to be good. I'm trying to get a review code. I don't know if they'll let me have one because I didn't like. I didn't like scrape and bow, but I, we'll have to see. Like it's going to be one of those interesting parts. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried about Zelda. Really? Uh, yeah, because I wasn't a big fan of Breath of the Wild. Like I thought, I thought Breath of the Wild was a great game, just not a good Zelda game. Oh, and um, I'm worried that because to me, what the foundation of Zelda is the temples is the exploration is the story going up to the temples is like uh i i if i think of zelda i think of like chasing zaint down the whole twilight princess and you find out he's just been possessed by ganon pretty much he's using his power like and i didn't i remember the shadow temple from ocarina time the grass temple from wind waker like i didn't get any of that from breath of the wild like sure i got an exploration feeling and I haven't really had that any. I mean, I couldn't even say that because I feel like I had that similar exploration in Wind Waker. In, yeah, in, right. In the, Wind Waker boat. was great. So it, it's just like I felt like, well, they give me these Zoids, these these giant Zoids that's supposed to be temples, and they're not. Like they take 10, 15 minutes to solve if you absolutely know how to solve them. And it's just like I was just disappointed. And you look at something like simple as like the master sword there was no lore to why it was in the lost woods really yeah there was like, it there was, was a lot there. of weirdness there yeah so i'm I, hoping I, you what do you want them to do then go back to i mean like what are you what are you hoping for from that 
as much as I hate to say it, I, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that they're going to be able to make it feel more like a Zelda game going into this. But if they don't do it in, in Tears of the Kingdom or Fallen Tears of the Kingdom, I don't know what the name is. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom um, of the Tears, whatever. Yeah. I want them to go back to linear. Like Really? I, I think Pokemon had the same issue. Like, I, I played Scarlet, beat Scarlet, and it's just like, I'm tired of everyone got to make everything open world. Because yeah, right. I talked to a couple developers, and they said developing a story that you can't block off areas is extremely hard right because in 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 breath of the wild you can't really have an evolving story because you can go everyone for the beginning so how are you supposed to like segregate certain areas to where you go there you do what you're supposed to the story keeps evolving in that area and it opens up another area from the story and it's just they didn't have none of that it's just like oh you can go left you can go right and and in a way it's like kind of kind of fake freedom too because sure you can go to these other areas but these they're 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 level gated so you're gonna go to people that you can't realistically beat like so it's just like i just had a lot of issues with it and uh, i saw you know game freak take kind of the same approach but instead of like the freedom that zelda had and the climbing there we're gonna throw pokemon everywhere and that's the experience you're gonna have yeah go to a new area and see the pokemon show up and it's just like nah man like not everything got to be open world like you had a good formula uh, and you know how i knew it a acg when i played skyward swords remake and and then i'm like this is how a zelda game right. should be yeah no i get it i get it i mean i i think a lot of people love the exploration stuff, they felt like it was a big change, but it was also on Switch, which I think helped them. It was on a mobile device, which also gave them freedom and a yeah. AAA game, you know, which was great. Um, I But I have seen complaints where some people said they felt that the magic that was there was a different type of magic than Zelda normally. Not that it was... That's why I said it's... It's still a great it's, game. It's just, it feels a little off, I guess. It's a good game that came out, I think, 17, wasn't it? That when it came yeah, out it came out a while ago. Yeah. Game out, good game in 2017, not a good Zelda game. It's how I feel about Fallout 4. Fallout 4 is a good action game and, and minor RPG, but it's not a good Fallout game. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that's a hot take. We'll end it there. there there'll be your hot <laughs> take right there. I'm sure people, uh, 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 we don't get a lot of complaints, but I, I, I want to see what people think because I actually assume we're going to get a lot of an ag uh, agreement. Well, for sure get disagreement because I know a lot of people who love Zelda, but I think there are a lot of people who feel the same way, maybe didn't even try to, you know, that's one of the problem or one of the nice things about a podcast is when you ask somebody a question, you might be asking a question somebody's thought of, but never formalized the actual question in their own brain. And so they've been playing a game and loving it, but they're like, something still feels off. For example, Mass Effect, I know some people like Andromeda. Now, admitting that I think Andromeda is actually legitimately a bad game, ignoring that for a second, a lot of people like Andromeda, but then they'll tell you it's not really a Mass Effect game. It's like it's its own, you know, it's like it was sort of a, a B-level space shoot-em-up game that pretended to be Mass Effect. So I get it, and I think that you're not the only one. Sometimes it just takes somebody to ask a question and then answer it to suddenly... You know, some people will be like, oh, that is, I sort of get it. Like, I have know people who love Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild, who don't think it's a Zelda game at all. So you're not the first one to say it. Yeah, it's like um, I said, it's a good game, but it's just, to me, it's not a good Zelda game. Yeah, no, I get it. 
And that'll be it for us, everybody. I appreciate you sitting down with us for the New Year podcast. Um, the, the guys will be on next week. I wanted to keep this one short. We normally go four hours. This one's nice and succinct at like an hour and a half, which is incredible. You guys will probably think that there's a two-parter. There isn't. This is just it. So I hope you guys all enjoy the rest of your Christmas vacation, New Year's vacation, because I know a lot of people aren't working. Thanks to Lord Addict for showing up for this podcast on short notice. Again, you guys should check out their podcast. It'll be live tomorrow. No, day after tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, or no, you guys are delaying. Yeah, so it'll be they'll, they'll be back on the 8th. But you can check out Lord Addict, who's got a video out today, right? This morning prior yeah, to us talking. coming out tomorrow, too. And one coming out tomorrow. That'll be it for us. Peace out and enjoy the rest of your week.